Well, it's amazing how the hymns of our church can bring people together. In chapel one morning uh, in, at the seminary, I was sitting, uh, settling into my seat and uh, sitting in the pew in front of me was one of my professors. And he looked at his service folder and he said, oh, we're singing hymn 747, the jumbo jet hymn. And you know, me being an airplane enthusiast, I said, I, I had to chime in and I said, well, if hymn 747 is the jumbo jet hymn, then hymns 707 through 787 are the Boeing hymns. And, uh, and you know, we kind of went back and forth with some others, and I said, oh, and then you know about all the firearm hymns, right? And, and he was like, firearm, firearm hymns, yeah. You know, hymn 410 is the shotgun hymn. You know, hymn 38 is the special hymn. Uh, hymn 45 is the cult hymn. Hymn 357 is the magnum hymn, and... Next thing I know, there's six of us gathered around doing this, you know, and, you know, hymn 911 is the emergency hymn, and hymn 409 is the formula hymn, and if you're from Los Angeles, you know, the hymn 405 is the freeway hymn, and it just, it just spun out of control from there. If there were 90,210 hymnals in our, or hymns in our hymnal, hymn 90210 would be the the Beverly Hills hymn, that's right, of course. See, you see how this game works now, right? Well, that's all fun and games, but hymns have a way of bringing people together in a more serious, deeper way. And that's when we actually sing them together. They have a way of, uh, you know, yes, we do actually sing hymns in the 1045 service. You'd be surprised about how many of the songs we sing are from the New Lutheran Service book. So the hymns of the Christian church have a way of transcending, you know, generations, generational groups and musical style preferences which, which bring people together. It amazes me how hymns can bring someone together when, or people together when uh, someone's dying too. More than once I visited a member in the hospital or at home. I've stood at the foot of their bed and sung hymns with the family. You know, Amazing Grace or... How Great Thou Art, or Just As I Am Without One Plea. Those are a, a few that I remember. As death was about to tear us apart, a hymn joined us together for a moment. The Apostle Paul didn't have these Christian hymns in his time. They hadn't been composed yet, but isn't it amazing that God's Word, written through Paul, would later be inscribed in the hymns of the church? I mean, we sing these letters written for us. And I would imagine Paul would, have, would, Paul would have never imagined that happening in his lifetime. But as he was writing to the Christians in Philippi, one could imagine that he was doing so to take their attention away from themselves and put it on Christ. Put it squarely on Jesus and, and to join them together in lives of self-sacrificial love. Those times I've sung hymns with families who were gathered around a hospital bed, I knew what brought them all to the, to, the, to the hospital room was their relationship with the one who was dying in their midst. In a similar way, at the heart of the church stands a person, our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. He's gathered us together, not as members of a biological family, but as members of His family. He's the one who came to us in the flesh, died for us under the wrath of God and rose from death and now lives and rules over all things for us. His life is the source of our life 
and His Spirit springs forth in our lives of service to one another. Now, it's not part of the lectionary readings today, but open your pew Bibles up to Hebrews 11, chapter 11. Hebrews chapter 11. Now, this chapter is known as the chapter of heroes. Heroes of the faith. Like heroes of the Bible you learn about in Sunday school. I'm not going to read the whole thing to you, but if you scan, you see the author mentions Abel, Enoch, Noah, Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, Sarah, Moses, David, and if you keep reading further, the list goes on. These are larger-than-life figures, aren't they? The work God has done through them is remarkable. It's wondrous. Unfortunately, when we try to measure ourselves up to them, we're no heroes of the faith, are we? And are we called to build an ark, slay a giant, and save the world from drowning? Not even anything close, right? But this is what's so beautiful about Philippians. In this letter from prison, we get a glimpse of some other heroes of the faith. These fellow Christians aren't building huge boats to save the world or being or, or bearing forerunners of the Messiah in their advanced age. They're, they're being emissaries of encouragement and hope. They're delivering these letters. They're being the hands and feet of Jesus. And these things are just as beautiful and worthy of attention in the eyes of God as all those wonders and miracles in the Old Testament. In fact, this section of Paul's letter reminds you and me to consider even one person in the body of Christ and we'll see a network of believers in relationship to one another. For example, parents who bring their children here to be, bap- to be baptized. Or the preschoolers going to visit the uh, women quilting on Tuesdays. You know, think of one person in the church and you can connect them to so many others. And then connect them to someone else. And from there you can just go on and on. It never ends. Paul came to know this man, Epaphroditus, as a brother and fellow worker and soldier, meaning a fellow Christian standing firm in the faith. And he came to know him as a messenger and minister to my need, he says. Well, using those terms, we're able to do the same thing. In fact, that's your Philippian activity for this week. Think of a brother or sister in the faith you've come to know as a fellow worker, a fellow soldier, a messenger or servant to your needs, or someone else's. I mean, I could think of several dozen that, you know, I mean, that come to mind right away. But you do this on your own. Think of them and write your own letter or friend, uh, uh, like Paul. You know, it doesn't have to be some four-page thing like out of the Bible. Just a card or an email or a text or an encouraging comment on social media. Think of it, we already do this in a bigger version or a a bigger version of this activity of Paul as a congregation. We recognize those who went to the youth gathering in Portland this summer where they learned in a more and deeper way what it means to be a brother or sister in the body of Christ and they shared their experience with you afterwards. Reed's school to school donation project is a result of that experience. And you can see the update there <coughs> as you walk out on the, on the board that he's prepared for you. How much money has been donated to help 
uh, St. Paul Lutheran School in Edna, Texas. We commission people to engage in the work of the church on behalf of, of all of us, such as our preschool teachers and Sunday school teachers and our VBS leaders. We give you a summary of those experiences so that we, the body of Christ, can celebrate and honor how we live and work as a family of God. Now, let's have some fun with one more hymn, shall we? Hymn 666. <laughs> now, what hymn do you think? Actually, yeah, open your, open your TLH to hymn 666. It's way in the back. It's one of the last hymns. In fact, it's not really a hymn. It's a liturgical canticle, but it's still numbered. What, hymn, what should hymn 666 be? Yeah, the devil. The satanic hymn. The beast hymn? Well, you know, it's actually a hymn of, of, of encouragement. It's Psalm 100. Yeah? Uh, Serve the Lord with gladness. Come before His presence with singing. We are the people and the sheep of His pasture. In the New Lutheran Service book, uh, which we use the electronic copy of, but uh, this is interesting because uh, 666 is, O little flock, fear not the foe. Yeah, how appropriate is that? I believe, I, I'm reasonably certain that the editors of this new hymnal did that intentionally. But if you look at hymn 747, it doesn't say anything about jumbo jet airliners. <laughs> Just more encouragement which brings us together. So, if there is any encouragement in Christ, any comfort from His love, any participation in the Holy Spirit, any affection and sympathy towards one another, let's complete each other's joy being of the same mind, having the same love, which comes from God, bringing us together as his family. Amen. And may the peace of Christ, which surpasses all our human understanding, keep our hearts and minds in his care. Amen.